last week we started a, a, a theme from First Samuel where we're looking on the life of uh, King Saul. And our topic for last week, which was a uh, slow leak. We, <clears throat> as we look through the words of the Lord from the book of First Samuel last week, we recognize uh, this individual, Saul, who was called by the Lord and positioned as the king over Israel. We found a very kind-hearted young man, one who was humble and willing to seek the face of the Lord, uh, one who, in the presence of God, of his servant, the prophet Samuel, uh, that Saul would listen, carefully listen to what Samuel, the words of wisdom and advice or instruction that Samuel would give him. As time progressed, we recognize that Saul started to act differently, different from the individual who we saw, the one who was humble, recognized a man who was facing a battle, became impatient and fearful, and started doing things which was outside of his calling. And so we recognize a slow leak. Some decisions that Saul was making that ultimately was leading him on the wrong path. And so so from from first samuel chapter 9 as we review saul was an impressive young man trustworthy young man and was chosen by the lord to be the king over israel humble or respectful young man and he was anointed the bible said that the lord when he was anointed that he became a new person. The spirit of the Lord was upon him. And Saul himself did prophesy while he was in the midst of the prophets. He was transformed, given a new change heart by God. By the time we reached chapter 10, and he had the spirit of humility and wisdom that's the man that God had placed as king over Israel. Let's move today to First Samuel chapter 15. First Samuel chapter 15. I believe we, we started reading it last week, but we will read from verse 1 again. 
Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore, hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Let me pull up the New Living Translation. Listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies has declared, the Lord of hosts. I have decided to settle accounts with the nation of Amalek for opposing Israel when they came from Egypt. Now go and completely destroy the entire Amalekite nation Men, women, children, babies, cattle, sheep, goats, camels, and donkeys. Completely destroy them. Now, when, when, when we hear this instruction, people will wonder, how can God speak like this? But the God of justice, he himself knows when a man has passed has come to a place where he's far from repentance. God sees the very end from the beginning. And now he was in the process of settling his account. It's time of judgment. God says, Saul, you have been anointed to complete this task. I'm going to settle an account with the Amalekites, completely destroy them. Entire nation, men, women, children, babies, cattle, sheep, goats, camels, and donkeys. So Saul mobilized his army at Telem. There were 200,000 soldiers from Israel and 10,000 men from Judah. And Saul and his army went to a town of the Amalekites and lay in wait in the valley. Saul sent this warning to the Kenites. Move away from the Amalekites, from where the Amalekites live, or you will die with them. For you showed kindness to all the people of Israel. And they came up from Egypt. So we have now Two sets of people, the Amalekites, who refused to show kindness to the people of Israel coming out of Egypt. And God said, because you treated my people with contempt. Now you've had enough time to repent and you refuse to. I'm going to settle my account. And so now we have the Kenites. And these people showed kindness to the children of Israel. So Saul, in turn, now is responding to that kindness. And he's, he gives them a secret message. A move away from where the Amalekites live. Because when we come, if you're still there, you're going to die. And so the Kenites packed up and left. Then Saul slaughtered the Amalekites from Havilah 
all the way to Shur, east of Egypt. He captured Agag, the Amalekite king, but completely destroyed everyone else. Saul and his men spared Agag's life and kept the best of the sheep and goats, the cattle, the fat calves, and the lambs, everything in fact that appealed to them. They destroyed only what was worthless or of poor quality. Saul is in the midst of a battle. A battle that the Lord had instructed him to carry out. A victory that the people of Israel should receive from the hand of the Lord through his servant Saul. Saul went into that battle. The Bible said that he slaughtered the Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Shur, east of Egypt. That's the entire borders of the, the Amalekite. Saul, the Bible said he captured the king, Agag, but completely destroyed everyone else. Sounds interesting because the instruction go and completely destroy the Amalekite nation. He completely destroyed everyone else. And he captured Agag. Saul and his men speared Agag's life and kept the best of the sheep and the goats, the cattle and the fat calves and the lambs, everything in fact that appealed to them. They destroyed only what was worthless or of poor quality. What we notice here We see an individual carrying out or obeying a part of what God had instructed him to do. But ultimately, disobeying God. He has speared. Agog, the king. The best of the sheep, the goat, cattle, the fat calves, and the lambs, everything in fact that seemed good in their eyes. They only destroyed what was worthless or poor or of poor quality. But God said, destroy, completely destroy everything. Now, 
the Lord looks down and he sees Saul's action. The Bible said that the word of the Lord came to, to Samuel. I am sorry that I ever made Saul king. For he has not been loyal to me and has refused to obey my command. When we disobey God, we grieve the spirit of the Lord. God says, I made him king, but I'm sorry. For he has not been loyal to me and has refused to obey my command. Samuel was so deeply moved when he heard this that he cried out to the Lord all night. Early the next morning, Samuel went to find Saul. We're going to look and see clearly where Saul's mind was. He went to call Saul. Someone told him Saul went to the town of Carmel to set up a monument to himself when he went unto Gilgal. Brothers and sisters, the church is victorious. The victory is already won for the church. Victory over the grave, over death. The church is victorious. But from day to day, every believer is faced with challenges. Every believer is faced with trials and temptations. And that victory is conditional. We can win those victory only when we are obedient to the word of the Lord. To be disobedient means ultimately we will fail. It's the Lord Jesus himself that tells us that the persons, any man that loves me will keep my commandments. Those who love me will do what I say. Now, here we see, brothers and sisters, Samuel now approaching Saul. We are told 
that Saul is on his way to the town of Carmel. Now after leaving Carmel, he's on his way to Gilgal. He stopped over in Carmel to set up a monument to himself. This is the humble Saul that we saw in the beginning. He's victorious over the enemies. But the Amalekites, he's victorious. But instead of seeing the hand of God and the victory won by God, he's now setting up a monument to himself. When Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you. He said, I have carried out the Lord's command. And all. Then what is all the bleating of sheep and goats and the lowing of cattle here? Samuel, Samuel demanded. It's true that the army spared the best of the sheep, goats and cattle, Saul admitted. But they are going to sacrifice them to the Lord, your God. We have destroyed everything else. And Samuel said to Saul, stop, listen to what the Lord told me last night. What did he tell you, Saul asked. And Samuel told him, although you may think little of yourself, are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord has anointed you king of Israel. And the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, until they are all dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush? For the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight. But I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everyone else. Then my troops brought in the best of the sheep, goats, cattle, and plunder to sacrifice to the Lord, your God, in Gilgal. The sin. Of disobedience. Failure. To obey. The word. Of God. God's instruction. God's mandate. And now. Through these verses that I have just read from. Verse 12 going down to 21. We're going to see. Some terrible sins. That Samuel, that Saul rather, that committed. It begins, brothers and sisters, with the sin of pride. Samuel 15 and verse 12. He's victorious. He disobeys God. Because he's disobedient. He heads back. To the town of Carmel. And now Saul. Decided. What could be better. What's the best thing for me to do. After such a victory. After God. Settling his account. Let me build. A monument. To myself. 
set up a monument that will highlight me. Brothers and sisters, it is very important for us to understand that nothing that we do in this kingdom, no measure of success, comes by our own ability. It is the Lord that works in us and through us. And so ultimately the glory belongs to him. Doesn't matter how small the success may be or how great the glory belongs to Jesus. Saul foolishly acted in pride. You see now the sin of pride showing up in the life of Saul. The man who at first considered himself the least amongst the people is now setting up a monument for himself. Pride. The monument was not built to honor the Lord for his hand in delivering the people of Israel from their enemies. No, it was to brother Saul. Saul was now taking credit for the victory over the Amalekites. His heart is in a place of pride. Matthew 23 and verse 12 says, And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Proverbs 16, 18, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. That's sin number one in the life. Not necessarily the life of Samuel, if Saul, but in this discussion that we're looking at right now, from verse 12 going down to 21, that's the first sin highlighted, the sin of pride. And wherever pride is, we're going to find a whole lot of other sins. First Samuel 15 and verse 13 now, when Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he said. I have carried out the Lord's command. Really? He's boasting. Samuel comes to Saul. And before Samuel can say something, Saul is speaking first. He's a changed man. Early in his life, he was very silent. He would listen. He was attentive to whatever Samuel would have shared with him. But now we find a man who knows deep down 
his conscience is affecting him. And very quickly, he wants to ensure that he has control of this conversation that they're about to have. So he started boasting. May the Lord bless you. He said, I have carried out the Lord's command. We didn't ask you that, Saul. Nobody asked you that. See, now he's trying to cover up his sin. I have carried out the Lord's command. He's boasting, he's bragging about his obedience. First Corinthians 10 and verse 12 tells us about the sin of boasting. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. Proverbs 28 and 26. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whosoever walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. Proverbs 3 and verse 7. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Very well, Saul. But what is all the bleating of sheep and goats and the lowing of cattle here? Samuel demanded. You have obeyed the Lord, you said, but I hear some noises that I'm, that I'm not used to. What's that? Watch. Sin number three. It is true that the army speared the best of the sheep, goats, and cattle, Saul admitted. But they are going to sacrifice them to the Lord, your, your God. Not our God. The Lord, your God. We have destroyed everything else. Saul now is seeking to blame others and to justify himself. It's not me that was disobedient. It was the soldiers. It's the army that speared the best of the sheep, goats, and cattle. So who is the king? Who gives the command? Where does the box stop? It's not me, Samuel. It's the those soldiers. They have kept back the best of the sheep, goats, and cattle. But don't worry. They are going to sacrifice them to the Lord, your God. See, brothers and sisters, oftentimes when we are convicted, it's the nature of man from the beginning to shift the blame to someone else, to justify 
themselves and blame others. Adam said, it's the wife, the woman that you gave me. The woman said, and the Lord said, what have you done? It's a serpent. No man wants to take or accept the blame or be responsible for their own sins. They keep on shifting it. And so Samuel said to Saul, stop. Listen to me now what the Lord says. You can't blame the soldiers. You were given the instruction. Samuel told him, although you may think little of yourself, are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord has anointed you king of Israel. And the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, until they are all dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? You see, sometimes we want to make excuse for our sins. Enabling the slow leak process. We want to blame others. We don't want to accept when we have failed. It's always someone else. Romans 2 verse 1. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For what? For thou that judgest doest the same things. Proverbs 20 and verse 6. Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. Talk about their goodness. But a faithful man who can find. Next we see the sin of deception. Lying lips. The best that was kept back was the sacrifice to the Lord, your God. That's the reason why we kept them. That's the reason. The Bible tells us that whatever was good in their own eyes Whatsoever they deemed good, they speared. But now Saul is saying, we kept them back so that we can honor the Lord. We can sacrifice them to the Lord. That's the reason why we we, we kept them. That's the reason. Samuel says, you may think little of yourselves, but you are the leader. Stop making 
excuses. You're the one that was given the instruction. Stop making excuses. Saul was interrupted. And the Lord sent you on a mission to go and completely destroy the sinners. Why did you disobey the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil? The Lord said. See, brothers and sisters. Even though. What we recognize now is a man that was losing. The spirit of humility. Saul, who in the beginning was a a humble individual, was now filled with pride. He was looking on what God said to destroy. Now becoming wise in his own eyes, selecting out of what God said is no good he's finding good for himself by the time we reach verse 20 Saul is insisting that he did obey the Lord they have kept back they rush for the plunder and do what was even the Lord's sight another sin the sin of covetousness greed so we see again brothers and sisters started out the sin of pride and we saw a little bit of boasting and blaming others and seeking to justify himself then we see deception creeping in lying lips after which we see the spirit of humility leaving Disobedience. And now. The rush for the plunder. Covetousness. Greed. God says. Destroyed. Meaning. He has rejected it. It's no good. But greedy eyes. Is looking. In God's rejection. And finding good. Where's the Saul that started out? And even as we look on our own lives, brothers and sisters, there are many of us, some decisions that we make today, we would not have made them 10, 15 years ago. But a little bit of pride has crept in. 
A little bit of boasting, lying, disobedient. Now, they're faced with the sin of greed, covetousness. Luke 12 and 15 tells us, the Lord said, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisted not in the abundance of things which he possesseth. Why did you rush for the plunder? Greed. And do what was evil in the Lord's sight. But I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. What are you talking about? I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everyone else. Becoming argumentative. Instead of saying, Lord, I've sinned. He's arguing his case. I did, I did everything that the Lord commanded. And I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everyone else. But the Lord didn't say to bring back King Agag. We see the sin of stubbornness and unrepentant heart showing up. And my troops, not me, brought in the best. Of the sheep, goats, cattle, and plunder to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. See, brothers and sisters, we see a slow leak. It's now coming. Not there yet, but almost to an end. Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices are your obedience to his voice. Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. No wonder you see this attitude. The man's heart now has become very hard and stubborn. Because you have rejected the Lord, rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Seriousness of disobedience. God selected him as king. But because he refused to obey the Lord. The Lord said you can no longer be king over my people. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft. You rebel against the word of the Lord. And stubbornness is as sinful as idolatry. Worship 
of another God. Worship of oneself. You rather please yourself than please me. Saul admitted to Samuel when he heard what the judgment of the Lord was going to be. Yes, I have sinned and I have disobeyed your instructions and the Lord's command. For I was afraid of the people and did what they demanded. That's a very, it sounds good, but it's a very weak confession. He's drawing again the people into the picture. I have sinned and against you and you only Lord, I have sinned full stop. I have seen, I have disobeyed your instructions and the Lord's command, for I was afraid of the people. The fear of men is a snare, is a trap. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I did what they demanded. Watch how far Saul had gone in his mind. But now, to Samuel, please forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. He's not asking God to pardon him. He says to Samuel, forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. Samuel replied, I will not go back with you since you have rejected the Lord's command. He has rejected you as king of Israel. And as Samuel was turning, to go, Saul tried to hold him back and tore the hem of his robe. And Samuel said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to someone else, one who is better than you. And he who is the glory of Israel will not lie, nor will he change his mind, for he is not human that he should change his mind. Now, Bible said, then Saul pleaded again, I know I have sinned, but please at least honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel by coming back with me so that I may worship the Lord, your God. Saul is still interested 
to be seen in a good light before the people. He wants Samuel to return with him and honor him before the elders of my people and before Israel by coming back with me. So that the people will still think good of me. So that I can still carry out my kingly duties. Samuel agreed and went back with him and Saul worshipped the Lord. But the judgment still stands. You can no longer be king because you have disobeyed me. God says, you have rejected my word. He that covered his sins shall not prosper. Proverbs 28, 13. But whosoever confesseth and forsake them shall have mercy. If you hide it, you will not prosper. But if you confess it and stop doing it, you're going to receive mercy from the Lord. What Saul should have done was to come clean before the Lord. Tell him as it is. Confess it. But he refused. And every time he acted contrary, it's the leak, is the slow leaking process. That's that's going to finally lead to his demise. The question as we close tonight. It begins, brothers and sisters, with the first act of disobedience. The first sin that we attempt to cover up. The first sin that we refuse to confess and to repent. The sin of pleasing oneself above pleasing God. Honoring oneself rather than honoring God. God knows that many of us are busy setting up our own monument. Saul set up his monument and he's gone over to the place of worship. How clean can that worship be? When there's sin the heart and because it's not addressed 
it eventually leads to another sin and to another sin and to another sin until the entire life becomes complicated. But if we confess our sins, that's the only thing that can stop the slow leak process to confess, to cry out. Tell him, tell the Lord what our sins are. Forsake them. That means stop doing them. And God will show us mercy. God will give us mercy. But we have to confess. We have to tell him. He said, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. On who? The wicked, the unrighteous. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Tonight, as we close, we begin to look at our own lives. And let's ask the Lord to identify, to show us. Lord, I'm desirous to understand, to know. Where did my leak start? How did it begin? Show me where in my life I'm leaking spiritually. I want to know, Lord, because I'm desirous of receiving your mercies. I want to live that abundant life. Show me where I'm leaking. Show me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where I'm failing. Let's unmute our microphones. I'm going to be praying.